As provinces move to lift mandated protections against COVID-19, there are many amongst us who will never be able to have the luxury of learning to live with COVID or letting their guard down. Kids under the age of five who can't be vaccinated and especially the millions amongst us who are immunocompromised or immunosuppressed. The cancer patients, the organ transplant recipients, all the people who make up roughly one in seven Canadians age 15 and over who have a compromised immune system, that according to StatsCan. Well, joining me now is Dr. Amy Tan, Associate Clinical Professor at the UBC Palliative Care and Family Practice and a member of Protect Our Province, BC. Dr. Tan, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thanks for having me. I guess just your your reaction to the fact that many provinces and now BC have uh, set out a timeline to start to relax these protections, uh, specifically a mask mandate coming down at 12.01 uh, Friday night. Yes, um, I have to say that I'm quite concerned because like you just said in the lead up to this, um, it's leaving behind, again, the most vulnerable in society, those who are immunocompromised, those who are elderly, the children who can't be vaccinated age less than five, the large percentage of school age five to 11 children who are not fully vaccinated, and also all of the other marginalized populations that society continues to make vulnerable, such as the vulnerably housed, um, those who work in high-risk, under-protected essential work. And so I feel like we are unfortunately um, continuing to make this a pandemic where the most vulnerable in society continue to pay the price. Dr. Tan, I wanted to ask you, I mean, you work in palliative care. How is the threat of COVID different for the immunocompromised and immunosuppressed than, than, other, than other threats? So it is different in terms of the vaccine. Um, in immunocompromised people, um, for various reasons, be it they're on immunosuppressant medication or they are post-transplant or they have cancer, their bodies are not able to mount the antibody immune response that a healthy person would get. So even with three vaccines, um, they're not going to be as protected. And we've, we show have studies now that show that the um, antibody effect is just not protective for immunocompromised people. And then you have the fact that covid is not just a respiratory virus. It causes increased clotting. It causes um, changes to the brain we're seeing now in this major paper that came out of Nature this week. So you add this to somebody who, let's say, has cancer, who already has a clotting risk, and then you have a virus that also causes clotting. It just um, adds to what stress the body will be under, and depending on the person, it might be too much for the body to take, and it might lead to precipitous decline. Also, uh, Dr. Tan, I was wondering, and this is not an insignificant number of people, by the way, this is millions of people in this country. Um, What measure of comfort did these protections give them? I think it gave them a lot of protection in terms of um, being able to go to the grocery store and not be harassed for wearing a mask and knowing that two people wearing masks together are going to be more protective than just one person wearing a mask. And so, you know, as a society, we were protecting those most vulnerable, and now we are not. And um, I think there are a lot of people now with children who might um, be looking at what schools are going to look like come spring break, coming back. Is it going to be safe for their child who may be immunocompromised or may be living with somebody who's immunocompromised? All of those quote-unquote individual risk assessments is a huge 
burden for people who are already living with illness and disability. Um, and it's really actually quite heartbreaking that we as a society are not going to protect those who need it the most right now. I know you've been a very vocal advocate for for, for people who who are who are unprote- who are not as protected, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. over the the course of this pandemic. Yes. What can the rest of us do now? Um, I mean, you know, these mandates are being lifted. I gather, of course, we we trust Bonnie Henry here at BC and then public health officers across the country to follow the science as they have been in the past. But what can the rest of us do to try to protect those who need still need protection from this virus? So I think the the very individual things you can do is you can keep wearing a mask. You can, especially if you're indoors um, in a crowded area, you can definitely not make um, somebody who chooses to wear a mask um, make them feel bad for doing that. Um, You can make sure you have good ventilation and filtration. Um, If you own a small business or you own a restaurant, to be keeping the windows open, to be having a HEPA filter or making a Corsi Rosenthal box. Um, If you are a teacher in a school, keeping the windows open. So there, there are things you can do. You can also minimize the crowding, but we know it's an airborne virus. So anytime people are sharing air indoors, and if there is stagnant air, there's still a risk. Omicron is still here. And, you know, we're hearing more and more about BA.2. So, you know, we want to say it's time to get on with things, but the virus doesn't negotiate. And this is the thing that we have to deal with. I only have about 30 seconds left, Dr. Tan, but do you take any solace in the fact that something that was almost inconceivable two years ago, the wearing of masks in public, has now become something that is actually relatively commonplace? I did, but because it's now, again, become such a symbol of polarization in Canada, especially in the last six weeks, I I no longer feel that solace, to be honest. Um, And I really wish it didn't it wasn't the symbol of polarization in our society. And I wish we could get back to caring about each other and supporting each other. Wise advice, Dr. Tan. Thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.